So I uh, I noticed you got a wee bit of a bit of the old husk to the voice today. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I didn't even put that on. <laughs> Look, I had some great seats uh, for the Footy Ferns v Philippines. Uh-huh. Uh, they were the cheap seat. I got paid, can't remember twenty bucks a ticket, and they were three rows back behind the goal. Nice. And it was the New Zealand, it was our end for the second half. And so when that goal that turned out not to be a goal was scored, oh. I may have screamed. Oh. And Did you have any Philippines fans around you? The entire row in front of us right. were Philippine fans. And so they were having a whale of the time for the whole game. So when that goal was scored, oh. I might have <laughs> made, a, made a very big song and dance about it. So that must have been kind of awkward when it was disallowed then. Look, can we move on? <laughs> All right, let's get to the show, shall we? Kia ora, this is Newsable. I'm Emil. And I'm Imogen, and this is what's worth talking about. Police are now treating the disappearance of Christchurch real estate agent Young Fei Bao as a homicide investigation. So what was it that made police make that call? Also, there's a lot of chat about house prices falling, but why isn't the same thing happening for rents? We'll explain how a senior Chinese government minister has simply vanished without a trace. And then we'll also explain why women fall downstairs more than men. Speak for yourself. (laughs) We've got all that coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz slash support. Police in Christchurch are continuing to search for Yan Fei Bao after yesterday saying they now believe she's no longer alive. She hasn't been seen since the middle of last week after dropping leaflets in the suburb of Wigram. At a media conference, the police confirmed they are now treating the disappearance of the real estate agent as a homicide. Blair Enzor has been following the latest developments and joins us now. Kia ora. Hi there. How did the police come to this conclusion that this is now a homicide? Do you have any insight into that? Look, police aren't giving a huge amount away. Uh, In the last week, though, things have certainly ramped up. They have seized a vehicle. They've arrested a man for kidnapping. And now they're undergoing a very detailed uh, scene examination at a property in Trevor Street, which we understand Ms. Bow was due to show someone through on the day she disappeared. Um, And at the property, you can see uh, they've marked things on windows. They've been dusting walls with little brushes, um, going about their business and the the, the boiler suits that they wear when they do these things. And it's been, by the looks of things, pretty methodical. Now it appears uh, that she has disappeared from the Trevor Street property. um, And police have confirmed that not only was her vehicle seen in the street that day, but also the vehicle linked to the man accused of kidnapping her. You mentioned the man uh, arrested, so they have charged someone with kidnapping Yan Fei. Are there any indications he's been cooperating with police since his arrest, and what more do we know about him? So police are saying uh, very little about what he has told them. Uh, He has spoken to them after he was arrested. Uh, Worth noting that when he was arrested, it was at Christchurch Airport. He had no bags with him. And he had a one-way ticket to China. A lot of help has come from the public. Uh, Is that unusual in cases like this? I think based on the way police are searching for various things, 
the fact that they were able to find Ms. Bell's cell phone on the side of a motorway, which some would say is a bit of a needle in a haystack type scenario, that um, they are relying quite heavily on cell phone data and have been able to use that to track the alleged kidnappers' movements and Ms. Bell's movements up until the time her cell phone was you know, discarded or left on the side of that motorway. Police still haven't found Yanfei. Uh, where are they searching for her? Is who's involved, and has that area where they're searching changed over the last few days? So I spent a fair bit of time out at the Horswell River. It's it's in an area not far from Lake Ellesmere, uh, near Neil's Road, and it, the river is swollen. It's very muddy. There's been a lot of rain here in Christchurch, and so they had a couple of inflatable boats out and they were seen to be sort of grid-searching an area at the end of Neil's Road with what appeared to be an underwater camera or sonar or something that might, you know, help them locate what they're looking for. Yeah, you know, this is now a homicide investigation, but of course we can't get away from the fact, you know, there is a person at the centre of this, young Fei Bao herself. What, what do we know about her? So Ms Bao, uh, she worked for Harcourt's, um, the real estate business. She has a nine-year-old girl, She's married uh, to a man called Paul Gooch here in Christchurch, who's, uh, you know, we've spoken to him and he is understandably distraught as to what Mm. has happened. And she's also got family back in China. Blair Ensor, thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. Thanks. We're going to talk about multitasking in a minute, aren't we, Emil? We're going to do what now? You're so funny. (laughs) You're very funny, but we want to know. Can you multitask? What tasks are you most often doing together? Get in touch. We've chucked a post up on the Instagram. Search for Newsable NZ. And our email, Addy, is newsable at stuff.co.nz. There has been some more encouraging news for people wanting to buy a house in recent weeks and months. But here's a question. Is it the same for those who are renting? Because it seems as though rents have not exactly been falling along with house prices. The big question, of course, what is going on? Well, luckily we have BNZ's Chief Economist Mike Jones along for this week's The Pulse. Kia ora, Mike, how are you going? Kia ora, team. Going well. How are you? Splendid. Very, very well. Although I do want to know what's happening with rents. Yeah, well, we tend to hear less about rents in the kind of econosphere than we do house prices. But you know, rents have been rising a lot. A bunch of different measures. Some measure sort of total stock of tenancies, others new rents. But so new rents across New Zealand kind of averaged out, are rising about 5.5% year on year at the moment. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a big number. And actually, it, it varies a lot around the regions. The place that caught my eye was Southland. A 17.2% annual increase in, in rents. Taranaki, 13.1%. Is there any rhyme or reason to this? There's actually not a lot of supply in some of these regions. And those regions that are tended to be most short in terms of available listings have also tended to experience, as you might expect, some of the bigger increases in rents. So certainly, yeah, Taranaki... Uh, Gisborne, Hawke's Bay, Bay of Plenty, some of those regions uh, you know, have experienced really large increases in, in rents over the past 12 months. And when we kind of look across the, the factors underpinning that growth in rent, it's kind of hard to see things slowing down in the short term either. What about increased costs associated with being a landlord? You know, things like insurance, uh, changes to some tax uh, de- deductibility rules. Is that, is that playing into things here as well, do you think? Yeah, I mean, like a number of businesses... Landlords have experienced a big increase in in costs. And I think under market conditions in which there is 
perhaps a shortage of supply and, and decent demand from, amongst other things, really strong population growth now in New Zealand. Landlords might be able to recoup some of those those cost increases through higher rents. Uh, in some areas, though, I think there will be affordability constraints start to come into the, the mix as well because, you know, people's incomes, household incomes are under under siege on a number of, of fronts and, you know, some people just won't be able to afford, uh, you know, much higher rents. The other thing to bear in mind as well is that, you know, the higher rents and rental yields go, the more you're likely to see a bit of a supply response. So people starting to batch rent out, spare properties, spare rooms, batches, etc. So that that hopefully pulls in some more supply, which which limits how far rents rise. How big of an impact do rental prices have on inflation, if any at all? It's quite a big impact. So rents actually have the largest individual weight in the, in the CPI, so wow. just under 10% of Inflation, as we generally measure it in New Zealand through the CPI, uh, reflects rental inflation. Now, that is on the stock of overall rents, which moves a lot slower than what we've been talking about, which is tracking new new rents. So inflation from, from rents is going to remain a, a pretty sticky source of inflation over the next wee while for the Reserve Bank. It is one, I guess, aspect of CPI which will be slow to come down. Interesting stuff. It is a multifaceted area this one isn't it Mike Jones for The Pulse thanks very much for your time appreciate it thank you guys China's disappearing foreign ministers next up on the agenda but if you are enjoying what you're hearing chuck us a like and a follow on your favourite podcast platform it really helps other people to find us I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, I, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line no, there. No, that I think it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah we're, I'm not worried about it at all. That's Nothing if in there. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts. So we've had a few fair government ministers resign over the past few months, but as far as we can remember, none of them have disappeared. No, but uh, that, it seems, is what has happened in China with the now former foreign minister, Qin Gang, simply vanishing to all intents and purposes and, and being replaced by the guy who he replaced. This is a confusing situation, Imogen. I can't keep up. Yeah. I really can't keep up. But here to clarify what is going on is Anna Fifield, Asia-Pacific editor of The Washington Post. Kia ora, Anna. Kia ora, Emil. Kia ora, Imogen. Can you summarise what's gone on here? Yeah, well, I mean... Politics is very opaque in China, uh, but even by Chinese standards, this one is particularly confusing and secretive. And so what happened is there was this rising star in the foreign ministry, Chin Gang. He was one of the original wolf warriors, very aggressive and assertive, promoted rapidly up the ranks by the leader Xi Jinping. So he was the ambassador to the US for barely 18 months a really plum position, when in December last year he was brought home and was made the foreign minister when he was out there meeting everybody and delivering very punctually um, China's position on things. And, you know, on the 18th of June, he was meeting Antony Blinken, arranging a return visit in Washington, a week later seeing his Russian counterpart and others, and then he just disappeared. He stopped showing up. And we were told, first of all, it was for health reasons, but a lot of speculation mounted as meetings were cancelled. He didn't show mm-hmm. up at an ASEAN meeting in Jakarta. 
His old boss went instead. And this, of course, led to lots of rumour. Some were that he had been found, you know, guilty of corruption. One that he'd been having an affair with a TV host and they had a child together. Um, Another that he just maybe had a bad case of COVID. You know, we didn't know what had happened for 30 full days until all of a sudden the Chinese government ceremonially removed him from his position um, and said that he was no longer going to be foreign minister. They offered no explanation whatsoever for this, so we still don't know why. Uh, We don't know where he is, but we know at least now that he's gone. We do see uh, famous figures in China sometimes just going off the radar. People might remember um, the tennis player Peng Shui uh, mm. a couple of years ago, that happening with. But is it unusual for this to happen with, with a government official, such a high profile government official? It's not unusual. Uh, Xi Jinping has launched this kind of anti-corruption campaign where, and he's used that. I mean, it's very popular in China because a lot of people are concerned about corruption. So he's used it to get rid of a lot of political rivals and people he just doesn't like. So a lot of officials have fallen from very senior positions and suddenly found themselves in jail for life. Um, But they are always the rivals, maybe the dissenters, the people who are not on Xi Jinping's team entirely. Chen Gang is a very different situation because he was promoted because he's a loyalist, because Mm. he's really been part of... Team Xi Jinping, you know, backing him, being there throughout. So the fact that somebody who Xi Jinping had actually backed had taken a risk on, he's very young, 57 uh, by Chinese standards. So this reflects badly on uh, on Xi Jinping and his judgment. So we don't have any indication that Ching Gang potentially upset the boat here? We don't know. We have no mm. idea. I mean, so, and it's in that vacuum that all of these rumors have arisen and a lot of speculation, but it's been kind of farcical over the past few weeks where even the foreign ministry spokesperson at the daily briefing has said, we have no information to offer uh, when asked about his whereabouts. So her own boss. So it's been very weird. Um, at least there is a little bit of clarity now. Super interesting, intriguing stuff. Anna Fifield from The Washington Post, thank you very much for coming on Newsable. Thanks for having me on. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts. Emil, can you multitask? Uh, <laughs> Actually, I don't know why I ask, because I, I know you can't. <laughs> I can try. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. I've been on many a video call with you where yeah. you just don't listen to me because you're busy Look, typing away. What, the, the, the way that I'll answer that question is I have very good powers of concentration. Yes. I th- and I, I would accept that. Yeah. I would accept that you do. But the reason I do ask you is because a study in the US has found women in their 20s are 80% more likely to fall down stairs if they're multitasking than men. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because gals in their 20s are more likely to engage in, quote, risky behaviour. And before you let your mind wander, I will define risky (laughs) behaviour. Risky behaviour means multitasking, having a yarn, or on phone or in person. Yeah. 
Wearing less practical footwear, risky, very risky behaviour, or carrying too many items. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think that the footwear thing is being undersold here. What do you mean? Well, so I went to a RuPaul-themed party a few months ago. Yeah. um, And I wore uh, a magnificent ensemble. Mm -hmm. I was also wearing high heels. Mm. And my God. Yeah. Those things are yeah. not easy to, to, to walk around and on flat, level land, let alone taking on a flight a of, of stairs. stairs. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Yeah. They also, uh, the study did then go on to define impractical footwear, uh, mm. high heels, sandals, like strappy sandals yeah. as well. I'm not the greatest multitasker, and I'm also very aware that simply by being Imogen Wells, I am more likely to fall down a flight well, of stairs. I was so going to ask take, you this. I, 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 is this a common occurrence for you falling down? Well, no, because I take <laughs> stairs down. seriously. Okay. I will size up a flight of stairs before I ascend <laughs> or descend. I see here in the study as well that women are apparently women in their 20s are apparently least likely to hold on to the rail as well. Yes, which, yeah. Which I think would be a, f- a factor in this. That's called living life on the edge, you know? I don't <laughs> so know if you've... <laughs> <laughs> but of course, what is multitasking as well? Because I can play Candy Crush while making dinner, but I don't know if that counts. You're asking the big philosophical questions here. Mm. And I, like I want to know what multitasking is. Sounds like a great time to ask you. How would you define multitasking? And what if you do multitask, what, what are your what multiple tasks are you tasking? Like, is listening to a podcast while you're cooking dinner multitasking? Yeah, or listening to a potty while you're walking. Technically, that's multitasking, right? Get in touch, though. Uh, we'll chuck something up on Instagram so you can reply to that or flick us an email, newsable at stuff.co.nz. Can you multitask? What are your multiple tasks that you're doing? Tell us. I want the list. I want everything. For now, though, it's newsable for today. I'm Imogen Wells. And I'm Emil Donovan. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. For now. Was this episode of Newsable usable? Then back NZ News by making a financial contribution at stuff.co.nz support.